Welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. We left off in our previous study reviewing the second reason as found in the form of Presbyterial Church government to support that many particular congregations may be under one presbyterial government by the instance of the Church of Ephesus. Their first support for this is, one, that Paul was there for the space of three years. Two, special effect of the word is mentioned. Three, a distinction of Jews and Greeks. Four, that Paul stayed there until Pentecost, and five of a particular church in the house of Aquila and Priscilla, and then at Ephesus. We saw that these suppositions and the scriptural references given do not support their Presbyterial church government declarations. The second and third reasons for asserting that the church of Ephesus was composed of more than one congregation are, one, that there are many elders over these many congregations as one flock, and two, that the congregations were under one presbyterial government. For believing that there were multiple elders at Ephesus, Acts chapter 20, verses 17, 25, 28, 39, 36, and 37 were referenced. It is obvious that the congregation at Ephesus, as well as other congregations, had multiple elders. For example, the epistle to the congregation at Philippi included the bishops and deacons, Philippians 1.1. That the word bishop and elder or one in the same office, will be addressed later. Are the Protestants willing to equally affirm that there were multiple congregations in Philippi because deacons is likewise used in this verse with the word bishop? To make such an argument for the use of the word elders in Acts chapter 20, why not do likewise with the word deacons in Philippians 1.1? Nevertheless, the premise of a plurality of elders was previously addressed, and it would be redundant to do so again here. Acts 20.28 says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. These elders, plural, were to minister to the flock, singular. If there were more than one congregation in Ephesus, why did the Holy Spirit inspire the writer of Acts to write flock, singular? This would be an excellent place for the Lord to clarify the Protestant affirmation by simply supplying the word flocks instead of flock. By the way, the word overseer is the same Greek word for bishop, in Philippians 1.1. We plan to discuss this later. Some use Acts 20.28 to say that it includes more than one 
single congregation because it says that God purchased the church of God. And since Christ died for more than a single congregation, the church of God must literally include more than that. This is not necessarily so because, as we have seen before, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 designated that, congreg that congregation at Corinth as the body of Christ, or, as the Greek text bears out, a body of Christ. Therefore, each New Testament congregation is a body of Christ and of God. Equally, Christ died for each congregation. It is sad that the idea of globalism is affecting the interpretation of scriptures by placing emphasis on the whole family of God at the expense of the house of God, 1 Timothy 3.15. Notice that this verse uses house, singular not plural. The third reason for believing many congregations were one church and that they were under one presbyterial government is supported is supposed to be supported by Revelation 2 verses 1 through 6 connected with Acts chapter 20 verses 17 and 28. We have previously addressed the use of the English word church and churches in Revelation and will not burden the listener by doing so again. Since we have addressed of classical assemblies from Westminster Confession under the form of Presbyterian Church Government, we will devote some time to the section entitled Of Synodical Assemblies. Since it is not too large, we shall supply the whole section. The scripture doth hold out another sort of assemblies for the government of the church beside classical and congregational, all which we call synodical. Referenced here is Acts 15, verses 2, 6, 22, and 23. Pastors and teachers and other church governors, as also other fit persons when it shall be deemed expedient, are members of those assemblies which we call synodical, where they have a lawful calling thereunto. Synodical assemblies may lawfully be of several sorts as provincial, national, and ecumenical. It is lawful and agreeable to the Word of God that there be a subordination of congregational, classical, provincial, and national assemblies for the government of the church. That's the end of the quote. As you may have noticed, the only paragraph with a scriptural reference is the first one, and the verses given are from the conference held in Jerusalem as recorded in Acts chapter 15. There is no need to address that since it was, it was previously discussed. When reading from the second paragraph regarding the members of such assemblies, it referenced pastors, and teachers, and other church governors as also other fit persons when it shall be deemed expedient. 
I remember reading recently of an incident in the life of Archibald Alexander. When he was a young and promising pupil, not an elder, or yet an ordained minister, a Presbyterian minister by the name of William Graham desired Alexander to attend with him at the General Assembly in Philadelphia in 1791 as, quote, a ruling elder, end of quote. Though Alexander was little satisfied with the arrangement, he acquiesced, and this is recorded in The Life of Archibald Alexander, D.D. by James W. Alexander, found on pages 90 and 91. I do not think this is generally practiced by the Protestants, but I believe it is of note that it has been done. I am surprised to say the least and astonished to say the most that people will go to such lengths to try to support the idea that our Lord authorized or approved of his kingdom as functioning today in the New Testament congregation under any kind of subordination congregational government. We must never forget that the Lord made it clear that his kingdom is not of this world, John 8, 18, 36, and that the congregation is to govern over its own affairs and not to include civil authorities, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Also, when James and John had their mother to ask the Lord to allow them to sit on his right hand and left in authority over others, Matthew 20, 20, he, the Lord, was displeased, Mark 10, 41. Our Lord further instructed them that they were not to exercise dominion over one another as the Gentiles. Matthew twenty twenty five twenty eight 28 through 28. Instead of exercising authority over each other, they were to be ministers and servants. Even the Apostle Peter instructed in his epistles that the elders are not to take the oversight of the flock by constraint, and neither are they to be lords over God's heritage. 1 Peter 5, verses 1 through 3. It might also be noted that Peter referred to himself as an elder and not some hierarchical officer sitting in authority over the people of God nor of a congregation. The passage further says that the elder is among the flock and not over the flock as some ecclesiastical hierarchy. They are to live among the flock of God as an example of how the flock is to live. Today, there are too many ministers, deacons, and various designated officers in congregations and denominational headquarters that are poor examples of a disciple of Christ. Too often, the message proclaimed by such men follow the proverb of, Don't do as I do, do as I say. While the Apostle Paul would not claim to be sinless, he did say, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me, and be ye followers of me, as I also am of Christ. 1 Corinthians 4, 16 
and 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. There are other passages where Paul gave exhortations of this kind to other congregations. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.